so today, uh, you know, in uh, carrying on from what we've been discussing so far about <clears throat> what I would say the, the limits of service are, um, in association with Ra's quote, um, service is effective only to the degree it is requested. Uh, and the limited requesting of service or, or human seeking uh, of the majority of people, in which I think most people um, are really only concerned with their own personal affairs. Akin to the uh, etymology of the word idiot being idios or self-person or self-circumscribed, self-limited, self um, encompassed person whose um, concerns are are exclusively personal, and our ex our concerns are personal too. It's just that we determine we define our concerns more broadly than simply affairs of our personal of our body, <clears throat> feelings of body comfort discomfort, and uh, our personal sphere of relationships. Uh, and the environment around us physically uh, for uh, for people who have social consciousness or uh, care of the collective or concern with the collective <clears throat> the collective is personal too and so what happens on the other side of the world affects me uh, but is important to me and that is um, that you know in terms of chakra analysis that represents an expansion, I would say, from a concern of first and second chakra only, or orange ray basis, being exclusive <clears throat> personalism, personalist, personalistic focus, focus on the personal, the idios, uh, going to third ray, or uh, <clears throat> a concern with not only the personal mind-body process, but also the process of mind-body or development of the collective. <clears throat> so what, what my government's military does on the other side of the world is important to me. It's a personal concern, uh, with uh, coming from some expansion of what, what the personal is, because um, some sense of uh, camaraderie or community with all people in the world, and that's a development of heart and um, expansion uh, from the perspective of the idios. Now, <clears throat> where, where um, we started, or, or the, the, the taproot to that point, was this, uh, you know, is the uh, reality associated with Ra's quote, service being effective only to the degree it is requested, there is a quote from uh, famous writer Thomas Paine, who was an American patriot, and wrote a book called The American Crisis, long, long ago. And this has bearing on the discussion of um, helping people uh, and the limits uh, helping being limited by the sincerity and focus of the other's desire to help themselves. And it has bearing on the Yuri Bezmenov material about demoralization or ideological subversion, which, uh, you know, one can look at. 
very important material about the uh, deliberate dumbing down or inversion of moral values that we see in the Western world, Western civilization. Uh, you know, the commun- cultural Marxism, um, completely in line with the revelations of Dr. Day, the Planned Parenthood doctor who gave a lecture in the late 60s, 69, and spelled all this out in different words. The quote from Thomas Paine in the book The American Crisis is this, quote, To argue with a man who has renounced the use and authority of reason, and whose philosophy consists of holding humanity in contempt, is like administering medicine to the dead, or endeavoring to convert an atheist by scripture. And so, number one, we're talking about uh, what I would call a war on reason that we see globally associated with this ideological subversion. The war on reason. And so Thomas Paine is <clears throat> setting up the, the, the discussion in which uh, one, uh, there's a, you know, ideological distinct, uh, difference of opinion uh, but one person seems to have uh, seems to be committed to irrationality, has renounced the use and authority of reason, and there is a page that I've discovered uh, from my meanderings that uh, is a um, particular kind of psycho- uh, cognitive bias that I'm going to present also. It's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Dunning-Kruger effect. But before I get into that Wikipedia page, <clears throat> I just want to um, uh, unpack a little bit more this quote from Thomas Paine. And so, some people have indeed um, renounced the use and authority of reason. Some people form their opinions irrationally. We form opinions irrationally when we don't um, look critically at them, when we reject evidence, when we uh, assume that what we've heard is true, rather than checking for ourselves. And so, trusting authority, not uh, endeavoring to critical thought, not seeking to understand things uh, for oneself, but taking what we're given and um, uh, not digesting it by uh, critical logic analysis is comparable to renouncing the use and authority of reason. And there are a lot of people that don't want to think much. They think a little, then they stop. Or they um, believe what they're told without critical analysis. Um, because emotionally, I've, I mean, you know, to me it seems it's simply emotional. Um, it's much more comfortable and they feel good not questioning <clears throat> and being part of the community that accepts uh, certain beliefs uncritically and all has similar beliefs and feels there's a certain safety in numbers, so they feel. And furthermore, <clears throat> We also find people, so we have some true believers, or we have some uncritical um, repeaters uh, who don't really use uh, critical thought to think things through, 
or be careful in forming conclusions. Then we have um, the second group that uh, is very much associated with what we talked about as existential and moral uh, nihilists. Uh, and Thomas Paine's second line, whose philosophy consists in humanity, in holding humanity in contempt. So there are a lot of people, a lot of scientists, right? The people who are on board eugenics and depopulation, Dr. Day, um, and Planned Parenthood, so it seems, um, and other groups, appear to be holding humanity in contempt. Uh, certainly existential moral uh, nihilists do. The existential nihilists say, there is no purpose to creation, there is no greater good or worse, um, <clears throat> uh, I know best, and I know all the other ones are self-deluded, those that talk about God or purpose. Uh, there, is no, there is no value to human life. It arises accidentally and falls away and is completely meaningless, and I know that is absolutely true, so they say. And um, this kind of nihilism is really contempt. You know, there is a contempt underneath it, and that's why they often are um, uh, destructive forces. You know, anarchy is cool if you're not violent, if you just um, don't want to follow authority that is uh, tyrannical. That sounds fine to me. But, but there are a lot of people around, particularly intellectuals of various stripes, who actually disdain humanity. Uh, and so it would be very nice to neutralize all the destructive folks, um, but it would be better to educate <laughs> than annihilate. And so if humanity could be educated in the ways of love and wisdom, <laughs> harmlessness and the dharma of uh, eternal soul evolution, uh, we would have a fine world with lots of free will, uh, un unharmed, um, and wise leaders, wise loving leadership, which uh, Earth has never really had. And so <clears throat> uh, there are people then who are doggedly irrational, and there are people who are secretly or openly um, misanthropic, meaning they hate humanity. Not only they hate, but they'd like to eliminate. And so they're happy to <clears throat> be part of the, the soft-kill eugenics depopulation program. And there are more people, you know, in positions of power like that, with that mind, than you think. And Thomas Paine considers arguing with them or presenting our points to them akin to administering medicine to the dead. They're already beyond um, hope. <laughs> they, they really don't want rational discourse. They don't want to look at their ideas. Uh, or and or they really hate you <laughs> they hate humanity they hate themselves obviously and they um, they don't e they don't think there's a problem walking around hatefully they just don't think that's a problem because they think the problem is outer and if we destroy that that problematic outer which for them is humanity um, things will be fine and they may include hating themselves and wanting to destroy themselves so there's a lot of <clears throat> um, masochism in the eugenics movement too and if you look at the face of the global elite <laughs> they're not too well those are not well minds Th those minds are tormented hmm well go ahead and torment yourself so uh, like administering medicine to the dead they're beyond um, beyond cure beyond hope <laughs>
And so there are a lot of people that simply cannot, they don't want to think, they don't really know what reason is or, or critical thought analysis, comparing, contrasting, and thinking things through. They don't want it. Or, and or, they hate you. <laughs> they hate humanity. They hate themselves. They'd like to die. They're nihilists. So, you know, go right ahead. But talking to them or arguing with them or trying to present your ideas is folly, uh, akin to also trying to convert an atheist by scripture. And so <clears throat> those the, the moral and existential nihilists generally uh, are atheistic too. Not only I don't know about God and afterlife and spiritual reality, but I know they don't exist. I know those are not true. They know for sure. Because there's no proof, therefore none of it exists. You're all foolish superstition believer, true believer, morons who believe uh, that which there's no proof of, but there's lots of evidence of, but they're they're not that sophisticated, believe it or not. They may be Howard Storm, uh, <clears throat> you know, art professor, Nietzschean nihilists, and they read a lot of books and they have a big forehead, but they still don't realize that um, absence of proof doesn't prove uh, absence. So, <clears throat> this is a big problem. <laughs> uh, and in many cases, we have to grieve, I mean, coming back, coming, going beyond anger, we have to actually grieve our, um, the inevitability of having no community. Inevitable, no community. Sorry, you will not. Wanderers do not have widespread, broad, deep, true, loving community here on Earth, and probably won't for the entirety of our incarnation. We won't have that till we get home. We have it now internally <clears throat> in time space. And so if you open your mind heart um, enough uh, to realize you're living in time space right now too, then you can feel your community with you right now too. Mm, that's, you know, find your inner soul group, your inner community. The inner community is with us right now. <clears throat> but in terms of the outer, uh, not so much so. And very few, very, very few people want to think or want to learn. Very f and, and, and then a whole number of people really hate humanity and hate themselves. They've been taught to hate themselves. They don't, you know, and, and low self-esteem, uh, low self-worth, low self-value is in many ways the root psychopathology of 3D repeaters or Earth humanity today. In my book, no doubt whatsoever, that's it. <clears throat> the bedrock taproot, the taproot of, of 3D repeater psychology, the mass of humanity that is orange ray or, or doesn't want to expand to yellow or expand to uh, concern with the, with the collective or the, or the cosmos. They don't want to go to the planetary or the cosmic or anything beyond mind-body personality affairs. Um, <clears throat> to a large extent, um, they don't like themselves. <laughs> that's low self-esteem, low self-value. Um, and that's um, the basis, ultimately, for their either misanthropy uh, of those that, that are, you know, thinking, the, the third ray, um, the, the third ray misanthropes or nihilists, <clears throat> uh, as well as the second ray orange um, personalists or uh, idios community that really doesn't want to hear much um, that requires too much mental effort 
their sense of self is quite damaged, generally, it seems to me. They're not well in their own skin. They're not well. Uh, and so that's a big problem. But uh, acknowledging the lack of community uh, and uh, your, your, uh, you know, your, your solo agent, your lone, lone, uh, lone sheep in the world of wolves. <clears throat> but we're not enough to be you know, sheep. We can be uh, very strong and clear. But there isn't going to be much human community for us for the entirety of this lifetime, it seems to me. Then, jumping to a Wikipedia page that has bearing on this, <clears throat> that I found in uh, from Mr. Ang Andrew Anglin's work recently is the Dunning-Kruger effect. And with today's PC-mindedness, I was even surprised <clears throat> that some of these words were allowed to be used. And so let me read from this uh, Dunning-Kruger effect. In the field of psychology, the Dunning-Kruger effect <clears throat> is a cognitive bias wherein persons of low ability suffer from illusory superiority, mistakenly assessing their cognitive ability as greater than it is. The cognitive bias of illusory superiority derives from the metacognitive inability of low ability persons to recognize their own ineptitude. <laughs> wow, sounds like uh, Daily Stormer. <clears throat> Without the self-awareness of metacognition, which is basically means the ability to think about thinking, the ability to take stock of and ponder one's own capacity for thinking. Without the self-awareness of metacognition, or without greater self-awareness, low-ability people cannot objectively evaluate their actual competence or incompetence. <clears throat> As described by social psychologists David Dunning and Justin Kruger, the cognitive bias of illusory superiority results from an internal illusion in people of low ability <clears throat> and from an external misperception in people of high ability. That is, quote, the miscalibration of the incompetent stems from an error about the self, <clears throat> whereas the miscalibration of the highly competent stems from an error about others. And I'll explain that. Hence, the corollary to the Dunning-Kruger effect indicates that persons of high ability and again, the word ability really means um, stronger mental function, greater mental ability to, you know, it, it, you can say higher IQ, but you can, I, I think IQ is a kind of uh, is a degraded methodology at this point. Um, greater mental capacity or mental functioning, higher mental functioning, meaning can critically think and reason and compare and contrast and pause and do this and rearrange and all these uh, various, you know, mental functions, those of high ability or mental function tend to underestimate the relative competence, their, tend to underestimate their relative competence and erroneously presume that tasks that are easy for them to perform are also easy for other people to, to perform. So, <clears throat> we've got two different things here. We've got um, those that have greater mental functioning, mental capacity, those people who uh, care about wisdom, <laughs> those people who care about wisdom and knowing and learning, naturally have uh, have uh, over time um, developed greater discernment, 
an ability to to know about their own thinking ability or to think clearly or think deeply or um, be rational and analytical and intuitive um, and come to some conclusions and uh, argue things well or um, certainly acknowledge how little they know that too uh, that those people here is is what's being referred to the term um, high ability and those with low ability <clears throat> and that's you know the PC shocker here to me is like oh in 2017 you can actually use the term persons of low ability wow that's cool I guess we still have that freedom left that's nice so it's a cognitive ability where in persons of low ability meaning <clears throat> a lesser mental function, lesser mental power, right? I mean, there really is a difference. <laughs> there are people with greater and lesser mental function. It does not about identity, essence, true nature. It's about function of mind. Those persons of low ability <clears throat> suffer from illusory superiority, meaning they think they know more than they do. They think they're more clear and knowledgeable and, um, you know, knowing wise than they are yeah sure <laughs> there is such a thing as uh, being f being deluded about yourself so this is illusory superiority misunderstanding uh, that actually they're not thinking very clearly mistakenly assessing their cognitive ability as greater than it is than it really is and so this is a cognitive bias can be called illusory superiority it's not just you know moral superiority or it, it goes to a moral superiority like I'm better than you because I think more clearly than you because I have a PhD or I have a doctor or I have you know some kind of degrees from a university or I'm part of a communist cell and we read uh, you know Das Kapital or something like this uh, and so you have or, or the raw material right I'm not saying I'm superior, or I've read the raw material, so I'm better than you. Uh, I don't think so. But there's, there certainly is uh, fooling yourself, and people who think they know more than they truly do, or that their minds are um, clear, uh, high-functioning when they're not. And this is like Thomas Paine, talking about the people who've uh, renounced the use and authority of, wisdom, of, of uh, reason. So the cognitive bias... Uh, or the limited mind <laughs> of those with illusory superiority thinking their knowledge greater than it is thinking their capacity for reason and and learning greater than it is those who uh, doggedly defend uh, small-minded conclusions derives from meta metacognitive uh, meaning a higher mental uh, level of functioning inability uh, to recognize their own ineptitude oh my god you can say that that's nice. That's a, I thought that they'd be arrested for writing such an article. Low ability, the metacognitive inability of low ability persons to recognize their own ineptitude. Oh, you don't reason well. <laughs> you're not listening. You don't, uh, you're not um, suspending belief or disbelief to ponder and contemplate and compare and contrast and uh, exercise various mental functions to think things through. You're not doing that. And they say, you know, fuck off. <laughs> Racist, hater, uh, whatever. Uh, you have a lot of people now who really have rejected reason and don't realize um, that they're kind of dumb. 
that their mental functioning is not uh, top-notch. Without the self-awareness of metacognition, meaning not being able to evaluate their own relative mental ability, low ability people, quote, cannot objectively evaluate their actual competence or incompetence. And so (laughs) self-reflection, being honest about our own abilities is critical, which includes, oh, oh, I was mistaken, I was duped, I thought I knew, and where it gets to um, the second, the quote, corollary uh, of this uh, illusory superiority complex, where those with less lesser knowledge or understanding or mental function itself believe that they have greater knowledge and understanding and stronger, you know, top-notch mental functioning when they don't, the corollary to all that is those that really do have greater understanding or knowledge and mental functioning and capacity to uh, discern uh, or seek wisdom, because it all just comes from seeking. Uh, Though There are people with greater discernment than others where they were not surprised by shocking uh, uh, revelations, you know? Sudden revelations of this and that don't surprise some people. Mm, because they already saw it before it was revealed. And so you have this corollary where persons of higher ability with greater discernment, with greater knowledge or understanding, uh, or um, (laughs) uh, commitment to wisdom and discernment, commitment to learning, ever learning, and they realize how little they know, but in fact they do know more than many, Uh, they then may tend to underestimate their own relative competence or the relation between their levels of development and function and knowledge awareness and those around oh, those of the people around them, they erroneously falsely presume that tasks that are easy for them to perform are also easy for others to perform, which is not the truth. And so wanderers have some sense, oh, I thought everybody thought this way. I thought everybody knew that. And I have that, and um, many others have that view. Um, I'm shocked, personally, me, myself, I'm personally shocked how many people actually are materialists, as we talked about in previous lectures. (laughs) I'm shocked by how many people have no idea that there's life after death, after life, and higher dimensions. They really don't know, including those that go to, to church and read the Bible. They really don't know. They actually... Mm, claim or believe that they they believe that they believe what they're told <clears throat> they think that they're that they accept what they're told or they demonstrate that they're accepting and believing what they're told but actually they haven't internalized it and made it their own and so they really remain in doubt and in fact I've seen, seen with many a fear of even thinking about what they know or don't know or looking at their thinking, pondering their own level, relative level of understanding. That's called metacognition. Looking at my thinking, thinking about my thinking, pondering my own mental function and degree of awareness, understanding. That is um, fifth dimensional. <laughs> While thinking is fourth dimensional, thinking about thinking is fifth dimensional in some sense. <clears throat> and so we've got two points there, and that's very, very interesting. And there's more to read on this page, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, and so you've got people who walk around with illusory superiority, 
including people who have renounced the use and authority of reason, they're just shouting or they're just uh, hating or they're just saying, you know, who cares? You know, I'm going to play uh, Farmville all day or I'm going to, uh, you know, just keep taking selfies. I've only taken 12,000. Uh, that's not many and I'm going to buy a new uh, terabyte uh, storage to put my 50,000 selfies in. And that, that actually has a metaphysical weakening effect <laughs> significantly. So there are people who have renounced the use and authority of, of reason. There are people who um, have greater, you know, have lesser knowledge, understanding, uh, because they haven't put the time in. They could be a genius beyond us, beyond anybody, obviously, but they just haven't put the time in. But they don't know they haven't put the time in, or they think you don't need to put the time in, or they think they'd have, um, and that therefore they've arrived at final conclusions, and they don't want to hear anything else. <laughs> and then there are the nihilists, who just really don't like you or themselves, and they don't really want to heart open to receive more understanding. And then there are those who really have put the time in and may understand more deeply and are able to think about their thinking, metacognition, and able to ponder how little they know compared to how much others know. Um, and um, basically uh, have wrongly imagined that others know what they know or or want to speak with them about what they know or want to speak with them about knowing and learning in general and actually i do want to go to the bottom of this page donning dunning kruger effect the historical antecedents well looky looky here there were some pretty bright folks throughout the centuries who actually understood this such as confucius and socrates and shakespeare and Darwin, and even Fatty Chicken Bertrand Russell. We used to call him Fatty Chicken Bertrand Russell. Fatty Chicken Russell in high school, me and my strange friends. <clears throat> because his Encyclopedia of Philosophy, some big thick book about philosophy, was um, full of interesting stuff, but it was mainly fat that you had to pull away from the meat. <clears throat> Fatty Chicken. So, me and my strange... Uh, friends uh, called him Bertrand Fatty Chicken Russell because even though there was chicken to eat there there was a lot of fat to be pulled away today I understand that fat is healthy but that's another story so historical antecedents I'll read it although the Dunning-Kruger effect was formulated in 1999 the cognitive bias of illusory superiority has been known throughout history and identified by intellectuals <laughs> Although, such as the philosopher Confucius, who's not really intellectual, but he's a, a sage. Confucius, 551-479 BC, time of Gautama, who said, quote, Real knowledge is to know the extent of one's ignorance. And again, we've seen this kind of um, point very clearly. And by Socrates, who interpreted a prophecy from the Delphic Oracle that he was wise, wise despite feeling that he didn't fully understand anything, as the wisdom of being aware that he knew nothing. In contrast to most other people who also know nothing, but assume otherwise. And so that's a very common understanding that um, 
the wise person is wise because they realize how little they know. The wise man, woman, the wise one knows how little they know. That's metacognition. They can think about their thinking and know that their thinking is very, very limited. That's what I've said. You know, I know nearly nothing. Yeah, I absolutely believe that. I, I have no doubt about that. The more I know, the more I, the, the more I realize uh, the little I know. The more I know, the less I see I know. The, le- the more I see can be known beyond what I know. So that, that's a kind of wisdom. And so, meanwhile, uh, most people who know very little think they know a lot. That's the illusory superiority. So there's illusory superiority of those who haven't made great effort or haven't made much consistent effort to learn and know with wisdom and seek discernment. And they think they know and are more mentally potent than they really are. That's illusory superiority. Then there's um, some kind of uh, illusory um, equivalence or illusory identity uh, of those really um, who may know more or uh, have put more time into learning with greater wisdom discernment uh, or access, having access to greater wisdom discernment, um, believing that everybody is the same as they are. So the really wise person who knows they know so, so little, the wise one that knows that all their knowing is, is a drop in the bucket or a drop in the ocean, does also know that others um, may have that illusory superiority, however. Just like Thomas Paine knew it, and uh, Socrates knew it, because he could say that most other people who also know nothing assume otherwise. Likewise, we have... So, so the one who really knows is gotten beyond this kind of illusory equivalence or illusory uh, identity, you know, uh, identity where um, it's come to understand... Uh, it's, they've come to understand that actually most people don't necessarily know that much uh, or um, most people know even less than they do, even though they know tiny little... Most people know even less. So, Shakespeare said, The fool doth think he is wise, but the wise man knows himself to be a fool. And so that's the point. The fool is the one who thinks that their level, their, their level of mental functioning and their relative degree of knowledge understanding equals wisdom and equals some kind of final achievement. That's the fool. And the wise person, or what wisdom is, includes uh, the awareness of how little we know and how much more there is to know and how complex and subtle everything is. If you really want to understand anything like a leaf, right? We look at the leaf outside my window. I don't understand it at all. I can say it has a certain shape and mass and size and contour and color and you know, the, the intracellular, the, the cellular dynamics and the, the circulation of fluids in the leaf and the, you know, cellular structures and the atomic structure. But, but that's not the whole of it. That's actually a very small portion of it. How about the invisible? Well, m- people without metacognition don't realize there's an invisible. And so the materialist, the atheist, the skeptic, the... the the um, 
the rigid skeptic. I mean, it's good to be skeptical, but there are a lot of people who uh, have made, uh, who are basically nihilists uh, posing as skeptics. The false skeptic is a nihilist who basically wants to say, everything you say about everything that's invisible is absolutely fully wrong. There is no invisible. <laughs> they know, right? Because what? They can see it? <laughs> Because the because the, because the because because there there because it isn't visible it isn't. There is only the visible and physical, and they think they know for sure. That's just a nihilist and a fool. And so, but there are many people who would prefer to follow the fool, uh, who's a nihilist, than think for themselves. The fool doth think he's wise, but the wise man knows himself to be a fool. And Darwin, who said, ignorance more frequently begets confidence than does knowledge. And so, you know, a little, uh, uh, that's, you know, that's the, the um, uh, Edward Bernays way, the propaganda way, the advertising way, uh, cliches and slogans, baby. Cliches and slogans win the unthinking masses to your side and uh, they'll sign up and they'll buy your products and so it's much easier much most people here and then we get into the you know the the vast sinkhole of indifference the unpolarized 3d repeater human soul 3d repeater community which is the majority they're not much polarized positive or negative they really want comfort they really do want comfort and so comfort at the intellectual level is associated with um, slogan, cliche, uh, easy to understand, fast, easy, fun, simple, cheap, free. And um, they don't want to think much because it's not comfortable. It's difficult. It's not, uh, they don't feel comfortable thinking much. So they're much more likely um, to follow the, the arrogant, ignorant, fool who wants to control them with uh, simple uh, conclusions, you know, with simple um, summary statements that everybody can hear and require no thought, like pre-digested food. Uh, make America great again. <laughs> well, I think that's great, but but uh, what does it really mean? Uh, or just do it, you know, Nike, hey, just do it. Uh, well, that's cool. Just do what? Just cut your head off? No, that that ain't so good. So, <laughs> there there are a lot of people um, who put their trust in the simple-minded and the cliched rather than the complex or the subtle because they just don't feel comfortable thinking too much. Then, finally, Bertrand Russell saying one of the painful things about our time is that those who feel certainty are stupid, and those with any imagination and understanding are filled with doubt and indecision. There was another quote um, from him about that. It was something like, um, one of the most painful things about now, our time, is that um, those with certainty are fools, are foolish, and those with uh, understanding and intelligence are filled with doubt, or have lots of doubt. I don't have that much doubt. I mean, I know <laughs> how little I know. So it doesn't 
I don't need to doubt doubt my knowing because I know that it's minuscule. It is. Gautama's uh, handful of leaves, Sutta, right? What he presented was like the the handful of leaves, um, you know, at that time. What he knew, he said, was like all the leaves and all the trees in the forest. That's the case in terms of what we know, too. What we know is a tiny, 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 is a, you know, a, a grain in the Ganja, a grain in the Sahara, or a drop in the ocean, uh, compared to all that may be known, and all that we, all that is. And, and in fact, every topic that we think we know, or we know some of, we know only a tiny portion of as well. Understanding is not of your density. And so, um, it's the, um, the tyranny uh, of, this, of the ignorant, the tyranny of the ignorant, the tyranny of the irrational. And so, that also is, uh, actually all of that is just a preface, because there's another topic that's related to this that I guess I'll just talk to, talk to about for 15 minutes and we'll close it there. Uh, is something called revelation. The title here is revelation and collapse, or seeing breaking. Seeing breaking. Revelation is apocalypse. Collapse is <laughs> the end, or you know the breakdown. And there are a lot of people who use the term apocalypse to mean final destruction, breakdown, collapse, crisis. Right? Oh my God! It's apocalyptic. It's an apocalyptic storm. Well, apocalypse means revelation. It doesn't mean collapse. It doesn't mean breaking down. It means seeing. Apocalypse is revelation. The book of apocalypse is the book of revelation. And uh, our friend John of Patmos. So uh, the conflation of the term apocalypse which means revelation or seeing clearly or exposure of what is, the conflation of that apocalypse, revelation, with destruction, crisis, collapse, breaking apart, is a particularly significant um, human product. Meaning, apocalypse or seeing and revealing and truth exposure is conflated with annihilation. And it's very expected, it's to be expected for those people who reject reason and think that they're wise. <laughs> the, those with illusory superiority, those with illusory certainty, those that think they know much and have uh, achieved final conclusions, um, don't really want to hear or see how little they see and know. And so... Uh, this uh, con this sort of uh, unrecognized conflation of the biblical term uh, apocalypse, Greek word, meaning revelation or seeing or exposure of the real, the true, its conflation with annihilation and destruction um, is very noteworthy. And uh, George Carlin, philosopher, comedian, probably a wanderer, said something like, um, if if honesty, let me see if I can find this. Yeah, I think I don't have the exact quote, but 
I believe what he wrote, what he said directly was, if honesty were suddenly introduced into American life, the whole system would collapse. And I think we can say that if if massive truth were suddenly introduced into human civilization, the civilization would collapse. Yeah, because this civilization is built on lies and falsehood. Yes, in general, it's intellectual at the intellectual level. There's a profound there. There's a mass of of ignorance, uh, illusion, falsehood, deception. You know, intellectual civilization intellectually based in falsehood and deception and lies. Yeah. Um, yet that um, the lies of civilization deception that many that most people, all of us to some degree, um, live from or um, never question, rests on, um, you know, a, a universally or ontologically divine, I think, uh, moral foundation, meaning um, the original desires that entities seek and become one, or the purpose of incarnation being to learn the ways of love, or the purpose of third density, to learn the ways of love, uh, in my view, obviously, there is a metaphysical basis to uh, civilization, <laughs> to human incarnation. It isn't uh, meaningless, and there is a teleological um, uh, meaning, meaning purposefulness and uh, predetermined goals that ultimately are the purpose, the teleos, uh, of um, human incarnation and thus collective civilization. Mm, souls seek and become one. The purpose of creation being soul evolution. Soul evolution being the function, cosmic uh, plan, multidimensionality, laws of karma, free will, and all that, being structure, structure and function. The structure is cosmic plan. The function is soul evolution. Of course. Uh, but despite <laughs> that reality, um, this group of souls on planet Earth, I think, have built their uh, culture on massive self-deception. And so, it ain't surprising that the term apocalypse, which means revelation, which is a good thing, right? right? It's called disillusionment. It's good to be disillusioned, meaning no longer living in illusion, no longer trusting illusion, realizing that what we had thought was true is really an illusion. No, it's really not true. Sorry, what you thought was real is not real. What you thought was so ain't so. Uh, even that conflation or that connotation of disillusionment with some kind of heartbreak. Oh, I'm so disillusioned. Oh. Well, that's because the person had taken emotional comfort in illusion. And when the illusion is uh, dispelled, uh, heart comfort is lost. Oh, I'm disillusioned. I'm so blue. Blue is good too. Blue is wisdom. So even blue is another conflation. Oh, I'm feeling blue. You mean you're feeling wisdom discernment? Vishuddhi? Sounds nice to me. No, I'm feeling lousy. So, like a louse or a, or a piece of uh, a lice in the hair. So, uh, blue which is really fifth chakra, Vishuddhi, which is wisdom, discernment, and um, <laughs> the affirmative, you know, the ability to use life experience for learning, in fact, to grow from life, to learn. 
is uh, associated with feeling bad and um, sad, bad and sad. Likewise, uh, disillusionment, which is uh, a very um, positive achievement of being free from uh, illusions that we had uh, uh, assumed to be true, uh, is uh, given the connotation of uh, some kind of heartbreak condition. He's so disillusioned. It's good. You've been living in lies, friend, don't you know? Don't you know? Don't you want to know? Likewise, the conflation of uh, apocalypse with some kind of annihilation destruction. It's an apocalyptic storm. It was an apocalyptic revelation. You know, meaning it was a destructive consequence to the revelation. But it's really true. <laughs> um, huma Earth humanity um, has built civilization on, on a very great raft of lies. And um, like Carlin said, it's really true that if, if honesty and truth were suddenly introduced um, to the world, not just American life, um, the system would be severely strained and many people would collapse, in fact. And so this is true. Uh, truth or the revelation of truth, uh, apocalyptos, destroys falsity-based systems. Um, False-based systems, illusory, deceptive systems built of lies, are, um, yes, <laughs> armed quite significantly by truth revelation. And so at the individual level, at the collective level, at national levels, at the international level, at the whole planetary um, civilizational unified level, if we call that a level, the gestalt of unified humanity as a planetary, racial, racial planetary civilization. Uh, to the extent that, that it's all built on lies, there is great danger to truth, uh, of truth. And so, you know, truth is the first casualty of war, they say. We can say the truth is the enemy of the state. Yeah, <laughs> the state is basically the conglomerate of service-to-self individuals who have made a criminal, criminal syndicate called, called national government. National government is basically a criminal syndicate, it seems to me. There may be some good people there, that's nice, but the purpose is generally service-to-self. And so uh, all such systems uh, are, at ever at, are, are ever at war. The, the, the service-to-self state or governmental uh, criminal syndicate um, being service to self uh, needs continual war for continual power aggrandizement and gaining more and more power so the first uh, casualty of war is truth and the state uh, the human state or governance system or any service to self organization uh, is constantly at war <laughs> so their enemy is truth as well and so uh, this is the time of apocalypse as well the time of revelation this is the apocalypse of Armageddon and Armageddon is really um, what, what's the, the, the mistaken understanding of apocalypse as some kind of destructive annihilation is more properly um, given to the term Armageddon Armageddon is a final conflict between good and evil, real good and evil, not spy 
versus spy, not uh, you know bad guy one versus bad guy two, but actually good guy one and bad guy one, really real virtue, love, freedom, justice, honesty versus uh, falsehood, control, uh, harm, mm, deception. Um, and that that kind of metaphysical conflict is well underway today. And we should expect more of it and more uh, apocalyptos revelation of what is, um, which particularly will be the, the massive raft of human lies and deception, the underpinnings of human civilization um, that are deceptive. Not all are, but some are, but many are, like in science, <laughs> religion, uh, history, <laughs> and so um, finance, <laughs> the, fin the, the money-based system based on a, on a big magical lie, pharmacy, you know, pharmacy, pharmacopoeia, based on uh, magic, Babylonian uh, chemical magic. So it is very true. It's very understandable that uh, for those who base comfort and their power in lies, uh, those that uh, those that are oppressed, base you know, or those with less power, base their relative comfort and lies. Those with greater power, who are oppressing those with low, lesser power, um, base their power and position also on lies. So, uh, as Machiavelli said, you know, the, the clever deceiver will never find will never find a shortage of those willing to be deceived. So. The clever deceiver will always find those willing to be deceived. Uh, those without power, social power, uh, in orange ray, mainly, seeking personal comfort, will have some relative degree of minuscule, minor personal comfort uh, by following the lies and, and um, of, of the collective and not questioning authority. And those of greater power position in, quote, authority, human authority, uh, maintain that also by lies. For both, truth is an enemy. Truth is dangerous. And for both, this is a very stressful time. This is a very stressful time for the unpolarized and the service to self, uh, quote, leadership, because they both depend on lies. And this is the time of apocalypse. And it's the apocalypse of Armageddon, or the apocalypse of the final uh, conflict or contrast between positive and negative in the 3D cycle of planet Earth. This is the first cycle of 3D on planet Earth. This is the end, 3.7. And here we see the revelation of um, the metaphysical uh, reality <clears throat> of the contrast between good and evil, or the two paths, or the way of love and freedom and honesty, unity, and the way of control, power, deception, destruction, harm, we see that, and each person can choose. And so, uh, it's not surprising that those who depend on deception or lies or falsehood, either for personal comfort or for social position and power, uh, consider that you know apocalypse revelation of truth is dangerous. It's annihilatory. It's potentially destructive to my house of cards my little house of cards and my big house of cards, my idios orange house of cards, 
or my yellow, uh, apparently superior house of cards. The house of cards uh, built in yellow ray blockage and, and uh, of those with relative power and orange ray blockage of those without relative power. Uh, their houses of cards are threatened by apocalypse, by apocalyptos, by revelation of truth, because they're built on lies. Many. Not all, not all, but many. Or to whatever extent, right? To whatever extent, their uh, well-being, being trampled underfoot or doing the trampling, um, is built on lies and deception and uh, falsehood. To whatever extent that's the case... Um, they are very unwell in this 3.7 end times period of apocalyptos. But it isn't annihilatory. It's actually revelatory. But for those who, who hate the truth or think, you know, reject reason, or those who think they know more than they do, um, revelation of truth is um, harmful, is destructive, is annihilatory. And so, uh, put your trust in the Lord. Put your trust in, in truth and reality. That's what's critical. There's actually a huge feedback. So, uh, I hope this has been helpful. And um, it's very, very important to, um, to realize that... Um, uh, the relative comfort that may come from mm, false uh, beliefs about ourselves and about the world, the um, relative comfort of the illusory, um, is really not where is not um, suitable to make our home therein. It's not suitable for making home. And so the commitment to truth, I think, leads us on the path ever forward or leads us to ever greater development of, of love, acceptance, and wisdom, discernment, knowing, and stability. And so um, this discussion of... Um, these end times dynamics uh, which we see in the collective uh, surely ought to be internalized to the personal uh, by how we see the people around us more clearly and how we um, we interact with them uh, more peacefully and more acceptingly and more kindly uh, but also understand that, that the chaos of the current time of civilization is really to a large extent um, the effect of, of a civilization and national cultures that have a significant basis in, in falsehood and fraud <laughs> um, un, unraveling despite themselves um, at, uh, under the influence of this time um, on this planet, uh, at this, at the cusp of dimensional shift. So, I hope this has been helpful. I hope the recording went all right. Please take good care of yourselves, and good night.